0: Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and this week is all about miracles with stories from this year's best selling book, Chicken Soup for the Soul Believe in Miracles.
1: Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with editor in chief, Amy
0: Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Our guest today is Carol Andrews, who wrote a story about miraculous healing that appears in our new Believe in Miracles book. Carol is going to talk about that miracle, plus she's going to share her wisdom as an executive coach and a TV personality. Carol, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited about
0: this. Well, we were so excited to get your story in our Believe in Miracles book. We had thousands and thousands of submissions for that book. So it was the real cream of the crop that got published, and your story was one of them. So I'm so excited to talk about your story, but I'm going to first tell everybody a little bit about you. You're a mom. You're an author, a speaker, a TV personality, an executive coach. You're a graduate of the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. I have family members who went there. And you describe your mission as sowing seeds so greatness and others can bloom, which is really beautiful. And you live in North Carolina with your husband. You have a son in college. Plus, really, really, really important, you own a pug, which is just a great dog breed. I am a grandmother of a pug, and I babysit for that pug whenever I can. And you were a news anchor until 2014. And now you can be seen as the face of ABC 45 and my 48, which is these are on Sinclair stations, WXLV and WMYV in the triad region of North Carolina. You're also the editor for a magazine called M.O.D. Society in Greensboro, and you've published three books of your own, and you have your first novel underway, and you do volunteer work in your community, so you just do it all, and we're really happy to have you here today.
1: What's really funny is technically I am retired.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is what we all do when we're retired, if we're that kind of person. I I know when when I retire, I'll be the same way. Yeah, we just can't stop ourselves, can we?
1: (laughs) I, I love it.
0: Yeah. I I love the fact that you're retired and you do all of this. That's incredible. I've retired twice already. The second time I retired uh, was 13 years ago. And then all of a sudden I became the publisher and editor-in-chief of Chicken Soup for the Soul. So I don't know what will happen in my next retirement. Anyway, I'd love to talk about your story about miraculous healing in our new bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Believe in Miracles. So can you tell us about your story, which is called The Miracle of My Perfect Eyes? Yeah,
1: it's kind of one of those stories, Amy, that you wouldn't even want to tell anybody because who would believe you? But as, as it happened, I had come home from one of my retirements from TV, and I was having very long menstrual cycles and to the point that my eyes collapsed. And so I was technically cross-eyed, which is really good for the business that I'm in because it's all about your eyes and it's all about you know your face and how you look and how you sound and that sort of thing. And so lo and behold, in the midst of all of that and doctors trying to figure it out and not really knowing what it was, I get a job offer in Savannah, Georgia. And I'm like, oh my goodness, well, I can't not go. So here I am in my 20s. And asking my mother to drive me to my job interview, because when I'm driving, I see like four or five lanes instead of two. So I'm having this, and and I'm I'm one that will look you directly in the face, but I'm doing this whole interview, and I'm looking away, and I'm diverting my vision, like I can fool somebody that my eyes are crossed, and we're in TV. But I got the job. So I started working, and I'm trying to do all these things off camera, so that people don't really see the gray power of my skin, and and my eye's not really kind of looking forward, but looking in any direction. And in that process, I do a lot of affirmations. I do a lot of prayer. I went to a non-denominational church at the time. And we're very strong on affirming what we want and not just dwelling on, on what we see. And so I would affirm my perfect vision is finding me now. And I'd be grateful. And I'd do that morning, noon, and night. And I'd go to work. And I'd do these things and, and trying to hide. And I went to sleep one night. And I woke up, and it felt like an explosion in my head. It just went whoosh, you know, in my head. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing forward again. There's just one of everything. There's not two of everything.
0: How did the medical profession explain how you have an explosion in your head, and all of a sudden, your double vision and your cross eyes are healed?
1: I did not technically go to a doctor after that. I talked to my doctors because basically... When I was losing so much blood and, I was, and everything was collapsing, they sent me home because it was earlier before they knew anything about or were talking about fibroid tumors and that sort of thing. And so they basically just sent me home and said, you know, what will be will be. And I didn't buy that. My mother didn't buy that. My father didn't buy that. So we went the other route. And it wasn't until years later that I was properly diagnosed with, with what was wrong with me. And we were able to correct it that way. And when I talked to my doctor about what had happened, I mean, the same thing happened during the surgery, they're supposed to go in and scrape the the tumors off and it could leave some internal scarring and that sort of thing. Well, mine peeled off. I have no internal scarring. So there are a lot of miracles that followed that story as well. And I think medical science has moved to a place that we realize that the spiritual and the scientific can coexist, and I think that's a good place to be, and I think that's where my doctors are and were and so they were like, "You know you won't be the first or last thing with the last person with the unexplainable
0: so after you had the fibroids removed, you were then able to have a child.
1: oh yeah, absolutely. Ten years to the day, the same doctor that that performed my surgery. And I had moved to Greensboro by then the first same doctor that performed my surgery delivered my son. Wow. Because instead of doing a hysterectomy, he did a myomectomy. And so that would just remove the tumors without, you know, removing your reproductive organs. So yeah, he, he delivered, he delivered my son and it was funny because I woke up and, and he was holding my, this doctor was holding my son and there were tears in his eyes as well as mine because he knew what I had been through. You know, in that process and during that time, I had also lost my mother. So, you know, it was, it was just a wonderful thing, a sad thing in many ways, an unexplainable thing in many ways, but a wonderful thing when you look at the big picture of it and how it all came to be.
0: Yeah. You know what? We're going to take a break, and then I am really looking forward to talking after the break about some of the things you've learned from having these experiences and what kind of advice you share as a speaker and a coach. So we will be right back with Carol Andrews. We're back with Carol Andrews, and we've been talking about her miracle story, the one she wrote for our latest book and actually learned about another miracle story that she didn't even put in the book. And now we're going to move on to getting some advice from Carol, because in addition to incredible life experiences, she's a coach and an author and a speaker. So, Carol, what kind of advice can you share
1: with us? I think the first thing that I always tell my clients and the first question I ask is whether or not they've hashtagged themselves. You know, we we, we see so much in social media, the hashtags on everything, every every. Issue we discuss and that sort of thing. But have you hashtagged yourself writing those one or two word descriptives that talk about you? And and when clients start doing that, it's really interesting. They'll first hashtag themselves about how they are to other people, but never how they are to themselves. And I think in, in success and in talking success and in breeding success in people, if you know yourself, you understand yourself, then you can focus on your passion and you can get to your passion and then you can move forward to build something bigger than yourself. But it all starts with knowing you, knowing what your hashtags are for yourself. Like for instance, for me, one of my hashtags is kindness count. I can be as honest, direct, funny, whatever I want to do, as long as I'm kind. And if people describe me, they will describe the kindness.
0: I love that idea. Hashtagging yourself. So what other hashtags would you use for yourself? And
1: are the hashtags almost like affirmations? They are affirmations. They are not just who you are, but who you intend to be. If you intend to be an author, I would always hashtag an author. You know, one of my hashtags is coaching is what I do. You know, and I will say to people, don't make me go all coach on you because I will. You know, I will talk to you about where you are, where you want to go, and and then talk about the work that you're willing to invest to get there, because that's a big, important part of it. So coaching is what I do is one of my tags. From author to entrepreneur is one of my tags, because it's not just enough, as you know, as a publisher, to write and produce a product, but it has to be in the marketplace. And if you're an independent and not in a big publishing house. And even if you are, you have to be your marketer. You have to be the person that will get there and, and talk about your project, believe in it enough, know it enough so that you can truly express who you are.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. When I was writing, I mean, I am putting out, you know, a book every month for Chicken Soup for the Soul, but when I was writing my own book, which is called Simply Happy, back in 2016, I got a great piece of advice from somebody who said, write the book reviews that you want to read about your book before you write your book. Yeah. And I sat down and I wrote book reviews. The book reviews I hoped would be written about my book. And in writing the book reviews, it helped me understand what I wanted my book to be about. And my son is a journalist and he's undertaking a really important project right now. We were talking about it and I said, he was talking about will this go viral? And I said, why don't you write the blurbs that you want to appear if your article ends up appearing on other Going websites. Viral. yeah, like Yeah, like on websites that are like, here's the best long-form articles we've seen, that kind of thing. I said, why don't you write the blurbs, and that will help inform how you write the article.
1: It does help form. And I also, and I'll piggyback on you just with one more thing and a piece of advice that I give to my authors. Write a letter to your reader. Because... If you're just writing a book and saying, this is for everyone, then you're not writing to anyone. So write a letter to that reader, you know, it, that, that imaginary. It's just like when I did a news story. I was talking to one person when I was doing the eleven o'clock. I was talking to a mom waiting for a kid to come home from a date. So, you know, I, I, but you put that visual in your head. And you write to that individual and you write them a letter. And it's 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 like writing a love letter and thanking them for reading your work and understanding that you're talking to them. And so when you're formulating your words together, you you know you're talking to someone, like you're talking to your best friend.
0: Mm-hmm. And hashtagging yourself is not only a way of figuring out who you are and who you want to be and it's really a form of affirmation but it's also a way of marketing yourself
1: my other piece of advice is this be your best advocate no one knows what you believe in and and why you're doing this project and 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 who you want to impact better or more than you no one can tell your story better than you so never be afraid to tell your story to be your advocate and to know that if it doesn't come from you because people are buying you even more than they're buying your product. So be that advocate, be that person that can, can stand on a platform and say, yes, I do sow seeds in others so that your greatness can bloom.
0: I love that. I do want you to read my story. And that goes back to what you have in your bio, which is that you help people sow seeds that will then bloom. So these are great pieces of advice. I love all of these self-affirmations, these ways of marketing yourself, these ways of telling the world who you are and then being true to yourself as well. And this is from Carol Andrews with a lot of really fascinating life experience. I'm so glad that you've became a coach to pass on all of these things that you learned.
1: Well, and I think that was the the part of the journey is you do all these things and then if you just keep them inside and you don't share them, They really are of no value. So now I can help other people be great. And that has built me into a better person than I think I ever could have been otherwise.
0: Yeah. All of us moms, we know that our legacy is our children, but in your case, you're leaving another legacy that will affect thousands of people or maybe tens of thousands of people as well. So thank you for being part of the Chicken Soup for the Soul family. I'm excited about seeing more stories from you in the future. So far, we had your great story about your miracle eyes, and we also had your fabulous story back in Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Very Good, Very Bad Dog, where you talked about your pug, Dora, and how she was eating all the tomatoes off your tomato plants, which I loved because that's just so (laughs) pug-like.
1: Yeah. She's 11 years old now, and she's Benjamin Button working backwards, so she is doing great.
0: Oh, I'm glad to hear that, especially since my daughter's pug is a rescue. We don't know exactly how old she is, but she's at least nine and maybe older than that. And we're hoping she makes it to something like 15 or 16 so we can have the pleasure of her snoring for a lot longer.
1: Quick tip for my pugs. Carrots, soften them as they get older. Carrots and calf liver or cow liver and put a little bit of olive oil spray and fennel seed on it. And I've watched my pug's vision just get so much better just with those two things. Huh,
0: that's very interesting. I will pass that on. Thank you so much. Another great piece of advice for pug owners. Well, Carol, thank you for joining us today. How can people learn more about you and contact you?
1: Absolutely. You can find me on any social platform at Carol Andrews NC. You can always find me, Carol Andrews NC. Um, I'm also at carolandrews.com, although I'm working on that website to make it look better, or you can email me, ncriter, W-R-I-T-E-R, five, eight, at yahoo.com.
0: All right. Terrific. Thanks a lot. And I'm sure we'll be talking again. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. And if you want to read Carol's story and the other 100 stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul Believe in Miracles, you can find it at Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and wherever else you like to get your books. Come back for our next episode to hear two more miracle stories that will really wow you. In fact, I'll be sharing miracle stories all next week. So prepare for a
1: lot of goosebumps.